Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody, and happy Friday. My name is Nicole Thomas, VP of Information Services here at McKinney Flavelle. Today is August 4th, 2023, and welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast. Uh, Now, today I have with us a few very special guests to speak about a topic for which I know everyone is just itching for some insight. But first, let me introduce them. First, I have all the way from Austria, Clemens Rau, a co-owner of VFI Oils for Life based in Austria, Europe. That's a great family-owned company that specializes in organic oils, but also does some conventional oils, including sunflower oil. How are you today, Clemens? Hey, I'm doing, I'm doing good. Thank you. Awesome. Welcome to the podcast, and thank you for being here. Thanks. It's a pleasure. And secondly, uh, actually back on our podcast again, from SF Bay Commodities, I've got Jovic Fabregas, co-owner of SF Bay Commodities. Welcome to the podcast. How are we doing? Great, Nicole, and thanks again for inviting us uh, to join this podcast. Happy Friday. My pleasure. Definitely happy Friday. It was a long week for me. I'm not going to bore everybody with my my uh, fun and getting the start of the school year and all kinds of other things, because I know everyone's very enthused to hear about uh, specialty oils, a subject for which we don't typically get a lot of visibility in the U.S. market. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, to chatting a bit uh, with you guys about, about that. But first, for all our IQ Premier clients, good news. We've made a few additions to the site Uh, And now you'll find a commodity insight section on the platform where you can get the latest timely information from our illustrious market experts for everything from soy and corn uh, to energy and the economy. It's a great spot for a quick look at what's changed of late. And we're now incorporating some audio uh, messaging there and some video. So be sure to check that out. And speaking of quick spots for good intel, uh, we also have a new section on the platform for quick access to our commodity monthly reports. Uh, And those are where you can find charts and commentary for U.S., Mexican, and world sugar, U.S. and world corn, uh, wheat and wheat flowers, edible oils, cocoa and chocolate, and biofuels. Woo, this mouthful. So check that out. And if you're not an IQ subscriber, and all of this sounds incredibly fascinating and useful for you, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at www.mckinney-flavelle.com and get yourself signed up for some IQ access. Okay, now that that's out of the way, to the fun stuff. Um, Obviously, guys, uh, the last two to three weeks here have been very interesting from a geopolitical standpoint. uh, And all of us in the States, um, as well as elsewhere, are wondering, you know, what impact Uh, is everything that's transpiring in in Ukraine, what is that going to have on the specialty oil market? So I'll hand that over to you guys. Uh, What do you think, gentlemen? Uh, What can we expect or uh, what are you hearing um, as far as as what's taking place in Ukraine currently? Yeah. Uh, May I say something here? Absolutely. Uh, We are are from VFI. We are running an office in Kiev. We have uh, uh, three employees actually there. And uh, so we get relatively pretty good information from that market. And we are dealing with farmers there uh, 
and uh, have a current supply have a long standing supply line from ukraine to 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 western europe and it's amazing to see with which resilience and with, with uh, and and also to a degree with patience those these ukrainian farmers and processors and everybody involved in the agro-commodity business there is working so hard to get to close as close to normal as possible. Right. It's real, real hard for them. Uh, not only the, not only the, the say the military damage by the missiles and uh, and all that, the shelling, but also financing. Yeah. A, a, a workforce. They have so many troubles therein, and most of all, what was say to me the most surprising was that they somehow managed to get this crop out of the country. Agreed. They did it by many different ways. First, sure, they had, which is now down, the agreement to to ship something over the Black Sea, but. Also, the Ukrainian railroad and uh, also the, the 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 Ukrainian trucking companies were extremely quick to setting up logistic uh, measures uh, to get uh, to get all those cereals, millions of tons, mm. out through Europe. This right. was something sometimes disrupting the market in Europe. As you may have heard, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> <all> that. <laughs> but uh, which is normal? Which is normal? Which is say not fun? Not fun for people doing business in Western Europe. But 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 it's say uh, everybody can understand what the Ukrainians are doing. They must get they they must get their silos empty, right? For because a new crop is coming, right? And in fact, the new crop I see it. Pretty good in Ukraine. They had an excellent crop of canola, and they will have what it looks like a pretty good crop of sunflower. If you consider that Ukraine lost some of its best arable land to the war, to the occupation, mm-hmm. the crop this year is expected to be uh, to be about eighty percent of an average crop of the. Of the old Ukraine, of the original Ukraine, mm-hmm. so that's pretty good. Yeah, uh, that, that's they, they're doing pretty good there. Yeah, definitely impressive. Mm-hmm. I think we we even noted that uh, for the twenty two twenty three marketing year, um, just the resilience of, of the Ukrainian people and and being you know when this all started, uh, the market wondering if anything would be moving out of Ukraine, if they'd be able to plant a crop, let alone harvest it, and ultimately uh, be able to ship it out. But yeah, it's it's been amazing what they've been able to do thus far. Totally agree. May I have a question? Yeah, go, uh, go for it, Jovic. To uh, address to Clement, uh, because uh, it, it has been, uh, you know, reported in the, in the, at the beginning of the, of the war uh, in Ukraine uh, that uh, there was... Uh, uh, restricted uh, flow of uh, fertilizers from Russia, mm-hmm. and not only to Ukraine but to other uh, Eastern countries. Uh, uh, how is how is the crop uh, production wise uh, in in the other countries, uh, other Eastern countries? 
Generally, I think they have a problem with high fertilizer prices, but they don't have a yield problem. They have a problem with those falling prices, what they see now. The farmers are disappointed mm-hmm. uh, that the, uh, that this crop, which they all were already fertilized with the expensive nitrogen, is now meeting a low price market. So in the this this was is really disappointing for farmers uh, in say Romania in mm-hmm. uh, in Poland also in France and in Germany. So this price slide which we expected over the last half year, I think it it went lower than they expected. But production wise, in terms of volume. Uh... It's okay. Production-wise, it's yeah. okay. And it was helped by the weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had good moisture all over Europe. And we will have... It was enough. Actually, we had a very cold spring. Mm-hmm. So uh, for the sunflower especially, it was, it was really particular. We had a cold spring. So everybody really was pessimistic on the crop uh, because uh, the, the seeding was very, very much delayed. But then how the summer went on, relatively cool and moist, then hot. And now again, the sunflower only now is blooming. Uh, so uh, so it's it's weeks delayed. And now we had another good splash of rain all over Europe the last week. So it... Um, it looks like the the summer crops, sunflower and uh, soybean, they they look very good now. Awesome. And for canola, we already know it was good. It was better than expected in spring. Great. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. even over here in the states, we've been kind of the market's been back and forth uh, as the weather has been. Uh, a little inconsistent, some some heat, some mm-hmm. some dry conditions, uh, forecasts mm-hmm. that are, are absent of rain. That as we get closer to the to the actual time, we're actually getting mm-hmm. rain. Uh, yeah. So I would say over here we're we're transitioning still sort of out of that uh, La Nina pattern more towards El Nino, mm-hmm. but kind of a similar scenario with concerns, you know, early yeah. on with the crop. That you know, arguably, still exists today, but seem mm. to be easing a bit, yeah. at least in this last week. That we're not not too too concerned. But would you say that the the uh, same mm. applies to the organic uh, crops in Europe? Generally, uh, let me say one thing before uh, for the rapeseed crop. It it's uh, it was a good crop overall, mm-hmm. but with big uh, regional variation mm. so there are uh, there are some corners in europe that really bad crops too so uh because we lost some loss of hail and thunderstorms mm. and uh, and stuff so so it was not all good but the overall volume should be good and the same should be true for organic and but the organic has another issue. I would say that we had a bit of a demand crisis in the last half year, which has to do with inflation. Mm-hmm. It had to do with high food prices in in say the major European markets, mm-hmm. especially always Germany leading the way. And uh, Germany really is a, has a bad consumer sentiment at the moment. Mm. And this hit the premium markets of all kinds of foods. 
all say fancy, expensive, or in any kind of speciality food in, in Germany uh, has hit a rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same is to a degree true through all of Europe. And so if those big leading markets are, say, are reluctant, and we expect this to recover now when first prices come down and second people get used to prices, um, we ex- we expect those markets to recover. But what we had this year with the organic oil prices coming down was was much more demand driven than supply driven. Oh, makes sense. And you know, again, similar to what we're seeing in the U.S., where uh, we've seen a bit of a boost in uh, consumption of private label uh, mm-hmm. products at the mm-hmm. at the retail level, as consumers mm-hmm. have now fully. Uh, are fully exposed to the inflation that, you know, we on the supply slash food manufacturing side have been watching unfold, you know, pretty much since 2021 mm-hmm. that, you know, we're seeing some, some change in, in, in consumer behavior. And I think that, you know, arguably is probably was uh, as it relates to organic uh, oils compounded by just, you know, kind of concerns of, of, you know, being able to get it after everything that, that took place mm. starting last year um, and, you know, prices being higher yet and, and feeling a little of that mm. uh, at the, at the consumer level with the uh, weakness in consumption for some of those. I mean, we even saw, you know, at stages companies um, kind of struggling so, so much to, to get uh, all the ingredients, not, not just the oils piece, but all the ingredients in such a way that, um, you know, at times may have even had to idle production, just, you know, dealing with supply chain issues, broadly speaking. So mm-hmm. absolutely seems like a very similar scenario on the, on the other side of the pond, so to speak, is, is what we're yeah. seeing here in the U S but that, that segues into, a, a, a am sure a, a major question for users in, a, in, uh, the U S and globally really is, you know, what does that mean for pricing over the next six to 12 months in those specialty oil markets like the, the organic products and, and even for, you know, conventional sunflower oil, having seen, you know, prices kind of tank there uh, for a period and, you know, a reaction in, in terms of global consumption to try to work through some of those stocks. Where, where do you think things are going to go from here? We see two tendencies. Generally, we, uh, in a low price, in, we, we see the problem this year with organic farmers that some of them are not happy with the organic premiums they get. And so uh, mm-hmm. some farmers probably might switch back to conventional at one point. Um, but... Mm-hmm. It's hard to say, but the, but what we see all over is one thing which we should consider too. The uh, what is still booming is organic eggs, organic milk, organic meat. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? This means European organic expelled breast soybean, and this oil in has say in Europe at the moment, still a little bit an underdeveloped market. We need all the okay. protein from that for the for the eggs. Mm-hmm. But the soybean oil would be by far 
the cheapest organic oil for food processors. So this could uh, this could be say a, an export item because Europe will not be able to use all that soybean oil coming out of that. And on the other hand, the classic uh, high oleic sun oil, we see some reluctance by farmers to plant high oleic, to go to linoleic, which is more the only a European uh, oil, mm-hmm. which is not right. so interesting for the American market. So we we see here some... It's not so clear where that goes, but uh, all over, I cannot see any shortage coming up for sun oil, either high oleic or linoleic. Great news! So what we had, (laughs) what we had last year, what we had last year uh, with this, say, uh, panic, uh, with this supply panic. Mm-hmm. And uh, defaulting contracts by many suppliers. Uh, uh, nothing of that is uh, is likely to happen this year. Oh, I think you made my week, Clement. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe I leaned a bit out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is definitely good to know. Um, so I, I think. Uh, as we kind of wrap up here, uh, what I'm hearing is, you know, ultimately uh, the Ukrainian uh, producers are, are pretty resilient, and uh, overall, the the impact of what's happening uh, there, at least from an oil's perspective, uh, is minimized at this point. Obviously, something to remain vigilant about. That overall, the crops are looking pretty good in Europe. So that's good news, especially as we've come out of a couple of years of, of tight global vegetable oil supplies across the board. And that, you know, ultimately for for prices, maybe uh, things uh, staying relatively uh, stable could have some, some variation there, but uh, at least from a supply availability standpoint, no, no major alarm yeah. uh, being raised at the moment. Wow. This wraps it up pretty well, I would say. Awesome. See, I'm, I'm yeah. actually, I'm getting better at listening. Yeah. I talk a lot, but sometimes I listen. Sometimes. <laughs> Got to pass that on to my son, though. So I guess uh, that that pretty much wraps things up. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, again, again for uh, participating today. This is great insight. And, and as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, I know we have a lot of folks that are very interested in this subject and, and want to see how things are, are panning out. And it's a, it's better to to get uh, some perspective from, from folks that are a little closer to it. So you'll just hear me rattling off my my uh, speculation, but getting some firm some firm information from the source. So I really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much, Nicole. And I look forward to, uh, to the next update. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks. It was really a pleasure to be with you. Thank you, Clemens. It was a pleasure to be with you as well. I just love your accent too. That helps. That helps too. Oh, you can <laughs> come. You can come on the podcast once yeah. a month, and uh, with you know, with that that uh, calming uh, accent, and help calm some of our clients down when they're worried about what's happening out there. Appreciate it. <laughs> <You're so kind. laughs> well, that wraps up our weekly hot commodity podcast. 
I want to thank everyone as always for listening in. And as Mike would say, if he were here uh, on this podcast today, live with an attitude of gratitude. And I certainly second that sentiment. So until next time, take care, everyone. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favelle.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.